Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and glad you are here for this Rumble exclusive. And when I say exclusive, I mean it's exclusive only to Rumble. Uh, you know the things we've all been through in the in the in the trying by the enemies of of the Most High God to sh- to silence the mouths of the watchmen in this hour. But folks, we shall not be silenced. As long as the Lord gives us a platform to speak, we will continue to speak. And I'm excited because tonight, Brother Benjamin is on here for this first program. And I'll tell you what, when he gave me the title earlier, I knew this was going to be a you don't want to miss episode. So folks, please continue to tell your friends to catch us over here on Rumble, to get on the Remnant Call radio uh, program. And we are going to, for as long as possible, continue to share the good news. Folks, Jesus is coming again, and you can believe that. And so with that, we are going to bring on Brother Benjamin. Benjamin, are you here with me? I'm here. Brother, it's we're here. We, 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 yeah. how long, we were talking about, we, you know, doing this for a long time. We finally got it, but we're, we're here folks. And I'm glad that you're here for this first rumble exclusive. And so yeah. God bless you, brother. I'm excited. What and, a uh, time, what a time to, to appear on rumble as the drums of war are beating loud. Yes. It's amazing. It's Hey, we're, we're right on time and we're right on rumble. Absolutely. You know, the Lord was ready to rumble when he went into the temple and they were defiling his temple and he made a whip of cords. And folks, let me tell you what you read that for its real context. He wasn't just going around and slinging it gently. He was meaning business. And folks, this is as Benjamin, what a time. This is a time to get our business right with the Lord. Brother, I'm going to ask tonight if you would open up uh, with a word of prayer and let's dive in. So much has happened. Hallelujah. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the blessings, the grace, the truth, the gifts that we've all received from your hand in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for salvation. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be turned towards you. And that we would forsake every wicked and unclean way, even even the thought patterns Mm. that have held many of us captive to the strongholds of the past, that they would just be nailed to the cross, that we would realize that those are they're not profitable anymore. We would we would literally rebuke Satan as soon as those buttons get pushed, that we would not go down those paths. We would just take those issues, whatever they were, to the cross in prayer, and we would leave them at the foot of the cross, that we would no longer carry burdens that were not meant for this hour. Because it's time for the truth to set your remnant free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, brother, I'm going to let you jump right in because today, um, man, I missed a little bit of news, and wow, uh, what you just shared with me right before we got on, that's some pretty intense things that are happening right now so brother please share with us yeah okay just try to do a brief summary of just some events of the last um 24 hours um well first of all the news tonight i don't know if you watch the evening news i turn on the uh, propaganda bubble news channels just to see the the pablum that's being fed to the masses but tonight the news was literally uh ukraine basically reporting that our government believes Russia is preparing a false flag attack designed to act as a provocation to justify uh, the commencement of a war and the commencement of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so, you know, they're, they're literally talking about imminent war on the Babylonian news channel which for the last two years has been turned into an infomercial for the vaccine and for the COVID bioweapon. So clearly phase two of the Antichrist plan for the conquest of the earth is about to begin. 
And so let's talk about some of the detailed news. Uh, Frank, within the last, well, let's see, um, this was within the last three hours. The, the U.S. Air Force is scrambling sub-hunter aircraft off the coast of Norfolk, Virginia. And um, reports are of at least one Russian submarine has now been detected off the coast of the United States. And now it's simply astonishing at the same time tonight, this is incredible. Um, there's news and photographs that Russia is sending uh, assault warships have entered the Baltic sea. They're headed towards Sweden and they are loaded with troops with heavy mechanized uh, armor and that these are invasion craft, which, you know, now is this just a show of force or is it just sort of the, the early pivot towards the war that is not too far down the road? You know, as nations prepare for war, they, they will perhaps mobilize troops. They'll move their forces forward in an aggressive manner and then they'll stand down. Then they'll, they'll remobilize and move them forward again. And then stand down. And this has been going on really for the last six months in Ukraine. Uh, every other weekend, it seems, the Russian army sends a new um, group of mobilized reserves to the border of Ukraine. Uh, they come with their tanks and their armored personnel carriers, and they go home by bus, and they leave all their equipment behind, and they go back to work on Monday. And so they've been gradually increasing the number of weapons prepositioned. But now we got forces moving in the Baltic Sea towards Sweden is simply unbelievable. Further, uh, Russia has just moved a squadron of uh, jet fighter bombers that are capable of launching their hypersonic missiles forward um, to Kaliningrad, which is right between Lithuania and Poland, putting these jets within uh, relatively quick striking distance of a number of European capitals. So, you know, when Russia said they were about to demonstrate with, with force and with technology, their determination to defend their country after the peace talks broke down, uh, they're not kidding. They've been moving, they've been moving quite quickly. Uh, the Russian foreign, foreign minister, Lavrov, made the statement, and I, this was, yes, no, pardon me, this was early this morning reported, Early that. Friday morning, you saw that where he yeah, said, he's mad. Their patience has come to an end and the world is now going to face irreversible consequences, uh, which is simply astonishing. Um, we, at the same time, we're witnessing unprecedented military troop movements within Russia, far in excess of anything that would has ever occurred in the context of a military exercise. There's massive movements of Russian armies. Uh, from the eastern part of the country towards the west. And, of course, there was the hacking of the Ukraine military and government websites this morning in which messages were posted that basically showed the Ukrainian flag crossed out, the map of Ukraine crossed out, the symbols of the Ukrainian sovereignty crossed out, and a message that read, Ukrainians, all of the information about you has become public. Be afraid and expect the worst. And so at the same time, the Russian government has said they have no intention of attacking Ukraine, uh, that the, the Ukrainian population are kinfolk to the Russian population. And, and indeed, there are a lot of families that have got family members in both locations. And uh, Lavrov made the statement, we're not going to attack Ukraine. We're kin with Ukraine, but we are going to begin moving weapons and, and missiles and and, and literally offensive weaponry on the borders of the United States. And they mentioned possibly uh, moving missiles into Cuba and into Venezuela. And so here we go. They're going to pre-position weapons for what will become a, a, well, it'll be become the Battle of Ezekiel 38 and the destruction of Babylon in Revelation 18 when it finally unfolds. And, and at the same time, there was another covert report. This was 24 hours ago, um, the United States uh, Central Intelligence Agency um, moved a military aircraft 
Um, and this is a very specialized, um, it's a Boeing C-32B, of which only two exist. One's owned by state. The other is owned by the CIA. Um, these are planes the government doesn't even want to admit exists. They're used for special operations. Uh, this plane was flown uh, to England. And where it went from there, we don't know. But it's the intelligence sources indicated that it would likely be used to launch an attack upon Russian troops as a false flag operation and to provoke the outbreak of war in and around Ukraine. And so, you know, it's as crazy as it seems, it appears the governments in the West actually want to start this war. And, you know, the U.S. government made a number of, of official sources have made statements that they fear a false flag would be executed by Russia. That was in the evening news tonight in the U.S., but the, there's also an indication that we might actually be behind such a maneuver as well. So with that as sort of the background on the news, um, I'd like to read um, a report that was also published today. And, um, you know, this report was written by, um, I think it's, no, excuse me. I need well, to find ben, the Benjamin. Right. While you're looking, while you're looking that up, I, I, folks, I want to share one quick thing that to understand what happened today. Not only with all the other threats, but the cyber attacks that took place on the Ukrainian government and taking their websites, hacking their stuff, and many of their agencies. Russia proving that they can lock their systems down in a heartbeat. Folks, I am run an IT company. I understand Russians are the best at this. They can hack through stuff like you cannot imagine. I was a part of a huge thing back in May, rest, trying to rescue a company out of a cyber attack that was based out of Russia. We found the scripts in there and everything. And I'm, I'm trying to tell you that you don't understand this can happen. They can literally shut down your systems with these cyber attacks. Folks, do you understand what could happen if our power grid was encrypted? If these things, you saw what happened to the pipeline. That was one pipeline. Imagine what happens if a cyber attack takes place in the correct place. Listen, they have been practicing for what's coming up. And I'm telling you that when they took over these today, they show that they can shut down and actually hurt the response to even defend yourself. If you shut your computer systems down and encrypt them, brother, go actually ahead. Actually eliminate the response. Yeah. Hurt it. Destroy it. And um, I want to share a couple of comments from an article that was published today this was in the All News Pipeline. The author is Dr. Peter Vincent Pry. He's one of the top uh, consultants to the Standing Intelligence Committee for the House of Representatives. This is a guy who is the expert of the experts um, in, in basically one of the top uh, defense analysts in the entire country. And um, he published a piece today that um, losing World War III how the United States would lose World War III if we go to war with um, Russia or China, and how Joe Biden's woke military is simply no match. The, the enemies of America will annihilate Biden's arsenal of democracy. Let me just read you a couple of comments. The alliance between Russia and China is one of the greatest military threats ever posing the United States. And it now threatens the crisis that has been occurring now threatens to escalate from a new Cold War into World War Three. And I would add right on time in the the first year following the expiration of America Babylon's 70th year of ruling the nation. So so here we are. Judgment sequence has begun. First phase was the pandemic, the bioweapon intentionally released, followed by the technical I guess you could say the next bioweapon that they're mandating everybody submit to. And it appears, I don't know, Frank, if you've been watching the news, but several European newspapers have published official retractions apologizing to their readers for publishing government propaganda on the COVID crisis. And that the, the European newspaper, and these were major newspapers, this would be like the New York Times or the LA Times or the Washington Post, that level of equivalent you know, significance, newspapers in Europe basically saying, 
we've now received information to conclude that most of the data surrounding this coronavirus panic, you know, the, the fact that they've locked the world down on account of the flu and, and the reality that the death statistics were overstated, the fear porn was all part of a, a mass psychosis manipulation that the majority of the deaths were people that died of other causes. The people that actually died of COVID had at least, the average death was, was an individual with at least four comorbidity factors, which means that any normal person that's reasonably healthy would have recovered easily from the coronavirus. And on and you, you layer on top of that, the disclosures coming out of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, the real Anthony Fauci and the war on America's democracy and American health, which everybody should buy. If you have not bought that book, please go buy the book written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It will blow your mind. By the time you finish that book, you will, you'll agree readily. The only conclusion is that the pharmaceutical industry of this country, these pharmaceutical companies and their captured regulatory agencies are most appropriately described as satanic. They are not corrupt. They are satanic. Look, the mafia had ethics. They would not kill women and children. When they would go out and execute a hit on, a, on an, an opponent or somebody that had double crossed them and they were going to go commit murder, they would go to special lengths to avoid killing women and children. These satanic industries will kill everybody. And, and now that the narrative, the, the coronavirus narrative is breaking down all over the world, you know, the, there's a third of the population that is completely brainwashed. They've drank the Kool-Aid. No amount of information is going to dissuade them. You know, they, they are in the matrix and they're probably there for good. But 30% of the population understands we're getting lied to. And, and that's becoming clearer by the day. The 40% that's in the middle are also waking up to the reality that the government's actions with respect to the COVID campaign were designed to basically destroy the economy and destroy our free republic. And, you know, some of the facts that would lend to that conclusion are the fact that the government willingly, knowingly tried to uh, discredit the, the known medical treatments, such as ivermectin, HCQ, et cetera, that could basically cure people who were in the early stages of COVID. They had to completely discredit all existing medications so they could launch these vaccines using emergency protocols. And so, you know, it's clear fraud and, and, and it's fraud on the level of genocide when you consider the number of people that are being injured and killed by the vaccines. And, you know, if you really dig deep, the doctors have, um, a, they're not even taught on uh, how to recognize a vaccine injury in medical school. B, the VAERS system, the vaccine adverse event reporting system, is um, it's difficult at best. Right now, it's so overloaded with people trying to report vaccine injuries that a number of medical professionals basically say every time they try to load a report, the system crashes before they can send the information. It takes about 30 minutes to, to complete a single report. After the system crashes one or two times, the medical professionals don't have time to deal with this inept reporting system. They just give up. And then there's instances, a good friend of mine who lives in South Dakota, uh, Sister Lee, she works as a physical therapist and works in a hospital setting and is friends with a number of the nursing staff. Three of the young nurses have dropped dead from heart attacks in the last month or so, each of them having been fully vaccinated. Two of them died within a week or two. The third nurse had the second dose of the vaccine during her afternoon shift and at five o'clock went to drive home, walked out into the parking lot and had a massive heart attack in her car in the parking lot and died before she could start her car. And the, the hospital concluded that all three nurses who had no comorbidity factors, they were, didn't have diabetes, they were not um, obese. They had no other known health issues, but all three of them must have had severe heart disease that had not yet been detected. And any link to vaccine injury would just simply be ruled out as a coincidence. Well, this vaccine is coincidentally murdering hundreds of thousands of people. And the cumulative impact of the damage being done by these shots 
you know, that's a whole other study. Go look at Dr. McCullough's work. Go, you know, who are some of the other experts? Uh, Dr. Fleming out of Dallas, a number of, and these are some of the top medical professionals who've got the courage to stand up and tell the truth. Um, I'm forgetting the name, Frank, of the you know, Dr. Malone, who was the actual inventor of the mRNA vaccine and came out and basically said, this thing is a disaster. It's going to um, select basically more virulent versions, mutations of this virus, vaccinating um, into a, a population during a pandemic is the absolute worst thing that you could do. It's actually making people who've been vaccinated more susceptible to get COVID again because it's damaging their immune system. And so now we have this Omicron wave, which the hospitals are filling up with vaccinated people. But the news simply tells you that they're all unvaccinated because that's what the news that you should lose does for you. It lies. I love JP who's a comedian, you know, the, the news yeah. where we lie to you every day. He's so funny. <laughs> and it's so true that it, it's nothing but lies in the, in, you know, the empire of lies. But well, so, you know, the vaccine narrative, the whole COVID deception is coming undone. You know, it's, it's a dumpster fire uh, for where all the official propaganda is literally being burned. Fauci has been outed. He's clearly committed perjury. There's enough evidence to put this guy in prison or worse and if you read Kennedy's book, you're not going to believe the crimes that were committed. All of this is coming to the surface now. And, you know, a lot of people are breathing a sigh of relief, like, well, that's great. You know, uh, maybe we can get these criminals arrested and go on with life as usual. And I say to my response to that comment is you don't understand what time it is. The deep state is going to take the, you know, the fact that the, the vaccine narrative is now failing beginning to unravel all over the world, they're just going to accelerate the war. They're just going to go to phase two, which is World War Three. You know, forget the vaccine narrative. They're just going to go to the final solution. And, and so um, let me read a few more comments by Dr. Pry on his assessment of how the United States handled the, uh, the alleged peace and security talks, um, which took place in the last couple of days and they they ended after basically a completely unprofitable discussion um and so here's here's dr pry now russia for the second time in a year has mobilized armies that could overrun nato while china is now threatening to take taiwan and annex the south china sea suddenly the possibility of a coordinated war with russia in europe and china in asia has become very real. And this two-theater war could become a nuclear world war. It is a war that the U.S. and its allies cannot win. These, we could not stop China from taking Taiwan. We could not stop Russia from taking Ukraine without introducing nuclear weapons. And, the, and if we did that, the United States would face a massive nuclear strike, which would basically annihilate the country. Um, we would lose or we will lose nuclear world war three. And, and pride goes on and he basically says, you know, our current policies of, of demanding that, you know, Russia not interfere. And, you know, we didn't concede to one point that the Russians demanded, uh, Pry made the comment that this makes World War III all the more inevitable. And, you know, and how foolish of our current leadership to, to pursue a position that's going to ultimately culminate in the destruction of our country. And, you know, my comment is the following. Uh, Pry's conclusions are obvious. The deep state rulers of America intend the destruction of this country in World War III. That's why they're doing everything possible to create a pretext for war. This is in order to bring the satanic new world order to power following the fall of America Babylon. The politi political leadership of the West is controlled by the 10 kings of the book of Revelation, the 10 kings of the beast as described in Revelation 18. These 10 kings have been appointed to rule with the beast for one hour, we are entering into that window of time. These rulers 
these satanic rulers of the earth hate the United States of America. They hate our country for our Christian heritage. They hate us for our freedom and our prosperity. And they hate us because of who we are and the fact that we're the one country standing in the way of global communist rule. And so the political leadership of the West is now being used by the 10 kings to basically create the pretext for World War III. These kings have literally fulfilled the prophecy in the book of Revelation that they would strip Mystery Babylon naked before the world. They're uncovering the corruptions and even the unraveling of the coronavirus narrative and the fact that what's gone on between big pharma and the controlled regulatory agencies in the United States amount to nothing more than than total corruption um, or all the way to genocide, depending on how you want to view these facts. They're unveiling before the world the corruption of America. At the same time, the scripture says that they will loot or eat the flesh of our country. That's the looting of our economy to the point of bankrupting our nation, which is where we are today. And the final act is that they literally burn our country with nuclear fire. And and that is exactly what is now being preferred. We are on the verge of an invasion of Ukraine and a war with Russia and China that will stretch from Europe to a war between Israel and America and Iran in the Middle East, a war with North Korea, Japan, South Korea, and America in the Korean Peninsula, and then a war with the Chinese Navy in the South China Sea. At that point, my theory is that the world will become suddenly afraid. The preacher rapture people will be you know, wondering why they haven't already disappeared. The UN will be calling for emergency peace talks. And during that cessation, that temporary ceasefire, the communists will resupply their troops. They'll re-echelon their forces and prepare for the final phase, which will be the nuclear strike and then the invasion of the lower 48 states of the U.S. Now, people are criticizing that our leaders have, you know, are literally pushing us in this direction as if they're doing so out of ignorance. The truth is that this is being orchestrated by the Antichrist. And they intend, the satanic elite believe they will rule the global communist government. The communists are the Reds because they're known as the Reds because they are the servants of the Red Dragon. And the very pinnacle of satanic power on the earth is the 13 families of the Illuminati. These are the children of perdition who are the servants of the beast. The Biden administration is merely playing the role assigned to them, giving the communist alliance the rationale to argue that theirs is a just war of self-defense. And so this thing's in play. You know, Pry makes the statement, world war may now be inevitable. (laughs) My response, no, no, no. World War III has always been inevitable. Because it's in Bible prophecy. And it's the a final world war has been planned for hundreds of years as the final chess move to bring to birth the satanic new world order inside the deep cabal of the communist party and the communist satanic government that rules the earth behind the scenes. The destruction of America has been the centerpiece of their long-term strategic plan. That's why they brought the nations of the world to this precipice. And when America is destroyed, when America falls, the whole world system falls. Everything collapses. After the red horse of war rides through the earth, and it won't just be the the United States that is attacked. Approximately 1.5 billion people will die in this war. The communists are planning on eradicating more than just the United States. They want the mineral wealth of Africa, and they don't want a population that's a problematic population group in their way. They want the farmland in India. They don't want to deal with another local population that might not appreciate all their farmland being taken away. So there's going to be this war is going to be on a scale that's never been seen before. And so, you know, the, the comment that the war may be inevitable No, no, it it has always been inevitable. The, The reality is it's now on our doorstep and it's 
It's finally here. After 20 centuries of stony sleep, the hour of the beast has come round at last. And it's right on time to mark the end of America Babylon's 70 years of reign over the nations. The American century is over, my friends. The fate that awaits this nation will now be revealed in one hour. And, you know, and, I'll, and I quoted a couple references from the poem, The Second Coming by William Butler Yeats. And let me just read you the last part of the poem. The poem, rather. The darkness drops again, but now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. You know, that's that's where we are. And, um, you know, Prian is in his latest article published yesterday, he makes the comment that, you know, Russia literally has an economy that cannot survive a very long, costly war. And for this reason, if Russia chooses to go to war, their window of opportunity is going to be um, relatively narrow. And they don't have too many years to, to exercise that opportunity, or they will potentially lose military superiority. Um, and his argument is that the war is probably sooner than later. But, you know, Pry has ignored a number of fundamental issues that are all pointing to this crisis coalescing right now, you know, maybe one of which is the global solar minimum in which world food production is projected to decline substantially over the next couple of years. And I, I could go down the list. It's probably not worth our time. Every fundamental is pushing the nations towards this war. We are here. You know, we're going to see probably the first phase, if not in the next few weeks, I would um, expect to see uh, the first military action, the first live uh, fire by no later than the end of February, early March timeframe. And our, our war sequence, you guys, so that you know what's coming. Um, the current plan is, is explained from sources that are inside enemy military uh, installations, military units. We've been told that the plan is uh, Russia occupation of uh, either uh, former Warsaw Pact countries or Ukraine. Um, and the second stage would be Iran attacking Israel and launching missiles on U.S. bases in the Middle East, along with Hezbollah and Hamas um, engaging Israel with massive missile fire to create a, a second front in the Middle East, draw the U.S. into a direct war in the Middle East. The third front would be North Korea attacking South Korea and U.S. military bases in Japan, creating a, a second front for U.S. forces. And then uh, the next phase would be the Chinese Navy begin um, at least limited incidents where they attack U.S. warships in the South China Sea. At that point, the United States will, will have a crisis that we're facing in Europe, the Russians occupying former um, Warsaw Pact states. And depending on the NATO response, the Russian tanks might make their way all the way to the border of Germany. You'll have war in the Middle East, and Iran is going to be no easy pushover. They've got state-of-the-art air defenses. We'll have war on the Korean Peninsula, and we'll have war with China in the South China Sea. There'll be four theaters of world war raging. At that point, the people of the earth will be getting afraid. Fear will be succumbing the nations, and, and that's when I, my thesis or theory would be you'll see uh, calls for peace talks by the U.N., and, you know, those will probably last for a matter of a few weeks, uh, whatever time is sufficient for the communist forces to rearm their, their troops, resupply their troops and reposition their weapons uh, to prepare for the final phase, which is the direct attack on the United States, as, it, as prophesied in Jeremiah 50 and 51. And then the Lord comes forth as a man of war and intervenes for the deliverance of America and you know, it, it's amazing. I remember back, this was years ago, um, during a weekend when I had the, the amazing privilege of being in the Holy of Holies with three other believers, and the Lord was speaking audibly to the four of us. And, and one of the things he said, in, in which he showed me a vision of an American flag, and he audibly said, at the time of the end, 
I will once again use the United States of America. And I didn't really understand, you know, what any of that meant um, back in the day. But, but as I've now looked at Bible prophecy carefully, I realized that the, the eagle's wings of Daniel 7, which represents the United States coming out of the lion kingdom of England, and the, and the first beast of Daniel 7 is Mystery Babylon and the Daughter of Babylon, the seventh kingdom of Babylon, the, the, the satanic one world government with the head of the lion, the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, and the eagle's wings representing America, the judgment of America, the eagle's wings being plucked, being the events of World War III, at which point the lion being lifted up and, and becoming or, or, or receiving the heart of a man, the Antichrist comes forward as a human personality. The beast is revealed to humanity for who he is. And at that point, the eagle's wings are given to the woman who will now begin to flee into the wilderness of Zion to be hidden from the dragon. And so we know what will be left, the remnant of America that will be cleansed and purified by the war will then be used by the Lord to assist essentially in the evacuation of his of his remnant people from all over the world out of the nations that are going to fall very quickly under the control of the one world government. And, and the, the people will be moved into the sanctuary, into the safe city of uh, Edom and Moab. And then the final seven years will begin. And at that point, um, anybody that is still alive on the planet um, will clearly have to forsake the preacher rapture theory because you know, we'll be in the final seven-year countdown, and it should be pretty obvious at that point that, that that teaching was, in fact, a mistake. You know, we don't get raptured before the wicked get removed. The scripture doesn't contradict itself. The scripture never contradicts itself. The, the scripture in Proverbs says that the wicked shall be uprooted out of the earth and the righteous shall remain. And, and so, you know, the remnant that remains until the last day is the righteous remnant. And then on the very last day, we meet the Lord in the clouds on the way to Jerusalem. You know, and at that point, the events of the great tribulation period, which the remnant will not experience directly, they're going to be protected from most of it. But, you know, they're certainly going to see some of the persecution. They're absolutely going to see the judgment upon the wicked. And it's going to lead all of us to repentance from the bottom of our hearts. And, and then we will be cleaned. Then we will be forgiven. Then the healing will come. Then the, the anointing that breaks the yoke will come from on high. And, and the people will be delivered. And the remnant will be healed. And only then will we be prepared to be translated into the very presence of the Lord. Because right now the church is defiled. Every table is filled with vomit. And, you know, very few people are even walking in the anointing. Very few people can enter the anointing in prayer. The defilement and the, and the hindrance is so powerful. And, and the people are not trained in the spiritual warfare necessary to, to change that. And so, you know, we've created a lot of doctrines to explain away the lack of power in the church. But the reality is that the church is in a place of compromise. And, and the church... And now I'm talking about born again believers. Most of them are, well, the scripture says, you know, that they, they've been snared and they've been taken, they've fallen. And, and an apostasy has touched virtually all of us. And in that, in that apostasy, we've lost the presence. We've lost the anointing for the most part. And so we're not seeing the victory. And that's what the scripture talks about in Isaiah 26, where, you know, we've brought forth only air. I mean, we, we speak the words, but you know, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils where are the devils being cast out. You know, they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, we got a lot of so-called faith healers that make a lot of money taking up offerings, but there's not a lot of people getting healed, but in the cleansing fire that's coming, once we're clean, and once we've been, we've repented to the bottom of our hearts, then the Lord will restore the anointing 
Holy Spirit will be returned with even a double portion. Then you will see the power of the kingdom of God in the life of all of the people of God who are born again and who will be filled with the spirit overflowing. You know, that's not a popular teaching because the church doesn't want to believe that we've all fallen into a place of deception. But the reality is that, you know, there's a fullness of, of compromise in the church and there's an absence of prayer and fasting. It's, you know, I mean, and if there, there is any people pray very briefly and if they fast, they fast on a very limited basis. And as a result, we are where we are, but the Lord has a remedy. He has a way to turn our heads around. So praise God. The time is here. The Lord is a man of war. You know, the children of Israel sang the song of Moses. They sang with Moses a song when they came out of Egypt. And, and they said, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. And, and the Lord's going to throw the horses of the book of Revelation and the riders on the four horses of the judgment. Those horses are going into the sea as well before we're done. And the Lord has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war and the Lord of his, is his name. And that's exactly what's about to happen. The Lord's coming forth as a man of war and this war is not far off, brothers and sisters. Uh, quite frankly, from everything we're seeing right now, and um, I'm a former military intelligence analyst. I was trained as an order of battle specialist. My job was to, to literally keep my eye on the Russian military and um, be carefully monitor their movements of personnel and equipment and be in a position to basically alert um, that the Russian military is now making movements of such a magnitude that it indicates they are preparing for actual hostilities and war is coming and it's coming quick. And I can assure you what we are seeing today, what we're seeing right now uh, is absolutely consistent with uh, pre-war final mobilization. So brothers and sisters, we're here. Hallelujah. You know, we're going to find out who's in the remnant now because this is coming down. And, you know, if you look at what's happening legally, we know they're they're talking in the state of Washington of passing legislation, making it not only legal, but but I think mandatory for the police to arrest and to remove um, any citizen who is unvaccinated and to take them to uh, internment camps. So, you know, this vaccine that is that is not FDA approved that doesn't work because people are getting sick who've had the vaccine, that tons of medical experts have testified it actually will destroy your immune system, has a pretty good chance of killing you if you keep taking these boosters. They're going to make this mandatory. And if you are not, quote, vaccinated and, and if this law passes, you could be arrested and just simply sent to an internment camp for not having your vaccine card or not having your yellow star. I mean, this is insanity. In what we were, when we were, you know, grew up as kids, we were told this was a free country and that we had rights. Well, the right to um, oppose a medical injection into your body is the most fundamental of all rights. But, you know, our satanic government doesn't respect any of our rights. And they use this, this pandemic that was created by the intentional release of a bio-reengineered bio version of the flu. They've used it as the excuse to basically lock down the economy, destroy several million independent businesses, alienate the population, divide the country into two groups, you know, the, the pro, the, the PSYOP group, and, and the people that are, you know, uh, deception hesitant. I'm lie hesitant. I'm satanic defilement hesitant. You know, I'm, I'm hesitant to take the mark of the beast, and I'm not suggesting that this vaccine is the mark, but, you know, this is certainly training the population. You know, the next step is certainly going to be the mark after the war. And so, wow, Frank, we're here. I mean, we've been warning for all these years, and finally it came. And it, with that, I'll take a breath. No, no, these are intense times. And looks, listen, folks, um, Benjamin and I were talking, you know, there's a lot of... Um, <laughs> 
debate on timing in the Bible. There seems to be this spring judgment and fall. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, there's a lot of scenarios can happen, but I'm telling you folks right now, we are living in such a serious time that I cannot express to you enough. There's no reason to go and panic from this. There is reason, though, to go and get in your prayer closet. There is reason for that right now, because as Brother Benjamin was saying, and please listen back to what he said carefully, there was all kinds of phases. He did not say that they were coming to attack America in a couple of weeks. That was not said. Go back and listen carefully, because I know what people will say. There is a phase that all these things, different things will take places in throughout this whole timing of events coming very soon to a place right near you. But the truth is, is that once the ball begins to roll, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. And folks, the problem is in ancient Babylon, they, and it's the same thing that happened right before the stock market crash. It's the same thing back in 1929, everybody, You know, the warning had been there. The writing was on the wall, but nobody took it seriously. And one morning they woke up and everything had changed. Folks, that's what's going to happen. It will begin to, as Russians like their style of attack, Blitzkrieg, that's how these events will begin to take place once the ball has rolled and you won't be able to stop it. And you don't want to wait until the first nuke is launched to decide today's the day I'm going to start fasting and praying. That's not the right time to do it. (laughs) The right time to do it is now so that when it's launched, you are already in the secret place with the Lord. And I mean, spiritually, that place that comes from prayer closet time. It doesn't come anywhere else. It's that place where you talk to him in secret. He rewards you in open. You bring it to him in the peace and the quietness, and he then takes care of what happens in the madness of this world. That's what we're talking about right now. Then, and only then, truly can the Lord begin to actually lead. Folks, this is not our home. This is not your end destination. This is not your best life now, okay? Those books will be good only if you need to start a fire. Okay, those will books. You might want to if you have a bunch of those best life. Now, you might want to keep them because you might need them to build a fire with very soon. But we need to be prepared because that's what's coming. And, brother, you have been trying to tell people the prophet Jeremiah tried to warn people for so long and they mocked him. And then when they finally said they would listen to him, he gave them a true word from the Lord. Then they mocked him again. But you know what? His words came eventually to pass. And I'm telling you, folks, what Benjamin is sharing. This is not Benjamin's prophecy. Nothing he just said was a prophecy. So don't go out and say Benjamin's prophesying. What he was just talking about is what's spoken of in the very word of God. Brother, I didn't hear you say one thing tonight was thus saith the Lord in three weeks, Russia was going to attack. You didn't say you were talking about what the Bible says will happen in the last days. And now the news is reporting alongside what the Bible was actually saying. And when you put two and two together, doesn't look very good. Folks, that's what I'm trying to stress right now, because people I don't know what it's the madness. okay, of Balaam is going on. And, you know, I can walk in two camps right now. You know what I mean? I'll go over here and try to work and get a little bit of pay off of Balak, you know, and then, but no, it didn't matter. You either in one camp or the another, because the truth is, even though Balaam was not allowed to curse Israel, he helped Balak to understand how he could take them down by intermingling the daughters over with the children of Israel to ruin their faith. That's what he did. And that's what's happening right now. We are being intermingled with the satanic kingdom that's not coming. It's here right now. And it is ruling out loud and very vocally in the world today. Did you see the president's remarks provoking? He wants civil war. He wants a civil war in the United States of America. We've already heard about that. Remember, Brother Dimitri Dudeman, we talked about things that are coming. It's a part of the Bible. Nation shall rise against nation. That is the actual ethnic civil war. The words ethnos, you go look it up. That is actually talking about civil war. That's not kingdom against kingdom. That's country war. That's different. 
but the Bible prophesied it and our own leaders want it because as Benjamin said earlier, they're not stupid. Yes, we're right. We're, we've got the man at the top today of the, of the United States. Yes. Does he belong? I mean, it's no longer right. The West Wing. It's the geriatrics ring. I got that. OK, yes. But he's just a puppet for what's truly taking place. Who is running this is also known as the Red Dragon. If you want to know the power behind the power, that's who's in charge. So, brother, thank you for reminding us that God is a God of war, but we need to be a people of prayer and fasting and taking this walk seriously. Thank you for that, brother. Well, amen. Amen. You know, what's coming, there's a scripture where the Lord said, you know, and I I can't remember the exact scripture, but he basically said nothing like this has ever happened before. What is coming is beyond your comprehension. And, and the fear of it is so intense that the, the people of the earth are, are quite a few of them will suffer mental breakdowns from what's coming. And uh, I wish we had time. Maybe we can do another program, but you know, you, if you read from, let me just, I can give you guys, this is sort of a homework assignment. Um, yeah. Why don't you start in Isaiah 24 and just read through from Isaiah 24, maybe all the way through to Isaiah 30 and, and note the, the, the key message. And, I, and I'll just give you the cliff notes, but you need to go read the actual scripture for yourself. The, the, the cliff note version is the Lord is going to strike the earth so hard that it's literally going to turn upside down. It's going to be utterly broken down. It's going to be completely split open. It's going to be shaken exceedingly. The earth is going to reel to and fro like a drunk man. It'll be removed and that it's going to be judged. It shall fall and not rise again. And the transgression upon it is extremely heavy. And in that time, the Lord will punish the host of the high ones that are on high. Well, who, who's that? And then he, and in he, this I'm reading from Isaiah 24, verse, verse 21. And the kings of the earth upon the earth. The Lord's going to punish the ruling kings in the spirit world. He's going to punish the principalities and the powers. He's going to punish the Chaldean deep state. We already talked about that in, in Jeremiah 17, how the Lord's going to actually as he brings this judgment upon America, the satanic, the satanic element that's here, they're not going to survive this fire. The only remnant surviving what's coming upon America is the righteous remnant, the remnant that is, that is in covenant with the root of David. And so God is going to strike the high ones. And then the moon will be confounded. And the sun will be ashamed. When the Lord of hosts reigns in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously. And, you know, it continues to talk about how he's going to literally shake the earth in in a manner that's never been seen before. And he also talks about how he will destroy the face of the veil that's over the minds of the people. And all of us have this veil. It's it's a normalcy bias. It's a, a denial theology where we, you know, we just can't quite accept that the whole world lies in the hand of the evil one. We just can't quite understand why the Bible talks in synonyms and says worldly, fleshly, demonic. Well, but we kind of like the worldly part. There's part of the pleasures of Babylon that our flesh is quite attached to. There are the pleasures of the flesh that we like. We like feeding the flesh. You know, I was thinking about, uh, Frank, in terms of the Revolutionary War, you know, 240 years ago, um, when the Americans in the 1770, 1780 window, they had Minutemen who were ready to go to war in a minute's notice. And by go to war, it meant go off into the snow, go off into the cold with maybe a couple biscuits in your jacket 
to fight an army far greater than you. And those guys lived and slept in the snow during those winter campaigns. They would be ready in a minute to go out and fight. Today, Frank, quite candidly, most Christians are Minutemen in that they only fight for one minute. If they, they'll tell you, I'll pray for you. Maybe they pray for one minute and then they go back to the things of the flesh. Mm. And I was thinking, how much time do we spend a day preparing food for our flesh? How much time do we spend preparing to feed the flesh? Each one of us. Or do we spend, you know, waiting in restaurants for, to feed our flesh, the, all of that food that is so addictive and so pleasing and so chemically processed that it's, that it's almost a drug addiction, right? Hours every day invested in feeding the flesh. How much time do we spend? Feeding our spirit. How much time do we spend in prayer? How much time do we spend standing in the gap for our children and our grandchildren? And how much time do we spend fasting and praying versus the time we spend preparing our meals every day? The truth be told, the majority of us spend the majority of our time feeding our flesh, preparing our flesh, entertaining our flesh, living after the flesh, walking in the flesh, following the knowledge of good and evil. And then we wonder why there's no anointing. And when we pray for people and they don't get delivered or they don't get healed, we tell them, well, you know, it's probably like the thorn that Paul had. And we put a yoke of curses upon them because we don't have the power of the anointing to break what was upon their life because we're too busy feeding the flesh. Well, I got news for you. The Lord said in the day of his power, and, you know, that's actually in Psalm 110. I'll read it for you. Uh, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, for thou hast the dew of thy youth. And, you know, Frank, we always think of that verse, the people will be willing in the day of thy power as, as you know, God's going to just suddenly just, you know, move with his power and suddenly everybody's heart's going to change. Well, you know, that's kind of right, but that's not exactly how it works. The way that it really works, folks, is the Lord moves with his power and your life suddenly changes, but you're no longer in that place of comfort or pleasure. You are in a place of crying out in pain. You're crying out in fear. You are crying out. And suddenly you're willing to seek the Lord. You're willing to pray for more than one minute. You're willing to actually spend more time seeking God than you are the things of the flesh because your world has just crashed down upon you. And that's exactly what happens when you get arrested and taken to a concentration camp. It's exactly what happens when the power goes out and it doesn't come back on. And the cities turn into violent chaos within 72 hours. And it's exactly what happens when nuclear bombs go off and you're living in the suburbs and you see the mushroom cloud rising out of the downtown area in the major cities of America. And, and you know that within eight to 10 hours, Chinese troops are going to be landing on the West Coast. Suddenly, every one of us is going to have time. We will find time to seek the Lord. And we will suddenly be willing to do whatever he calls us to do. And, and we will all of a sudden have the motivation to get rid of all of the idols of our heart. You know, and, and, and I know because I've been there. I, I've done this. You know, I was talking to one of my closest friends and, um, you know, and I've been, God's been continuing to sharpen me as he's working on all of us. And this friend of mine said, you know, this is your time. You've been, pro you know, you've been warning this for 25 years. You know, I, I was translated in the future in 1996. 23 years later was, the, was November of 2019. That's when they released the bioweapon. That's when the judgment actually began. We're now two plus years after that. It's been 25 years. This is my 50th year is being a Christian. And in, and in Israel, we have a concept known as half a jubilee. Instead of ta talking about 25 years, we call it half a yovel. Half a jubilee. And, you know, I think there's a, a prophetic message embedded in that, in that text or that, that language. 
which is the other half of the Jubilee. The Jubilee is the time of redemption. The day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed, the year of Jubilee has come. And my life has been by God's design, sort of designed to line up with the history of the nation of Israel. And I've, as hard as it might be to imagine, I've actually walked out the history of the people of Israel from the call of Abraham to the concentration camps of Auschwitz and Dachau. And I've experienced the whole thing personally in, in, a, in a metaphorical or similitude sense. But now I'm entering into my jubilee, right as the day of vengeance arrives and the year of God's redemption has come. And it's the second half of the message. The second half of the Jubilee. You know, we think of the Jubilee in terms of the, the first ministry of Jesus when he came to redeem us from our sin. But the other half of his promise is he's going to redeem us from the power of the beast and from the destruction that's about to be visited upon the earth. And so, you know, here we are. This thing's here, folks. Okay. And thank you, Frank. I'm, I'm sharing an opinion. I'm just a scribe who spent 50 years and 100,000 hours studying this subject. I have heard from the Lord, which gives me, um, well, God's been my tutor. So he's helped, he's helped me move in the right direction in the understanding of critical issues. But I am in no way standing up to prophesy. I'm, I'm kneeling down and, and praying, Lord, let me decrease that you might increase in me and in all of us. But I'm sharing with you what I can see. And I'm sure most of you can see it as well. What more do you think we're going to be shown before this thing cuts loose on all of us? I mean, what else would happen, Frank? Would they actually come and bust your front door down and take you to the, one of the camps? Okay. You know, you'll get it for sure then, you know, and I've had that experience. I was translated into the camps. I've been there. I didn't do well. Honestly, I think you would, to be perfectly honest, when the Lord took me back to 1996, several of my closest friends said it, they thought I had a nervous breakdown because I couldn't stop weeping. I wept for seven straight days. And anytime I tried to talk about what I experienced, I couldn't even stand up. I fell on the ground. So maybe they were right. You know, what I saw broke me. And, you know, when you see it, it'll probably break you as well. And in that day, when you're finally broken of all your pride and all your strength, and, and you've got nothing in you to cope with what's now happening on the face of the earth, in that day, you will be willing in the day of the Lord's power. Well, I would suggest we all get a head start on this becoming willing concept. The best way to do that is by fasting. Because that takes you to the place of the breaking of the flesh. Because as long as we are feeding the flesh, we're just not getting there, folks. You know, what we're facing only can be stopped by prayer and fasting. It's too powerful to be stopped by simple prayer alone. And, you know, does anybody disagree with me? Is there anyone listening that would disagree with the comment that in order to Breakthrough in this hour, our prayer must be supplemented by fasting. Now, whatever that means to you, I would call you to begin doing it. If it's one day a week, if it's the weekend, whatever. If you can put together three days, that's the point when you stop being hungry. Really, the three days of fasting is the hardest. After that, it's, it's easy as long as you don't have a job that demands a high level of physical activity, because that's impossible. If you're required to have energy for your work, you're going to have to do a Daniel fast, which is, well, we've gone into all those details. You could fast from food completely one day of the week, maybe Saturday or Sunday, and you know, you're going to need some rest on those days. And then just do the Daniel fast, the balance of the week. Do that for three straight weeks, and you will have definitely changed the paradigm of your mind. But folks, we're here. This is it. It's about to begin. You know, praise God. He's promised to deliver the people that turn to him with all their hearts. Amen. Bless Amen. you, Lord. Praise God. Folks, thank you for joining us tonight on this exclusive show. And folks, truthfully, 
Um, it's just, you'll never look back on your life and say, ah, I was just walking too close with the Lord or whoops. I got prepared in my relationship with God too early. That doesn't happen, but folks, boy, you can certainly look back with a lot of regret. But the God doesn't want us to finish like that. He said he wants us to be like Paul because Paul came to the end of his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. He had his ups. He had his downs. He had his missteps. Paul was not even close to perfect. He messed some things up. But you know what? He stayed the course. And when he got to the end, he said, I fought that good fight. Folks, that's the way the Lord wants us to go out on this earth is fighting the good fight, not with our guns. We're not going to take over the government. That's just ridiculous. Well, I'm talking about on our knees where we actually have power with God to save souls by sharing the good news. Jesus is coming again. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion.